You're with Julian on the Brown Note, and I, since I've had the YouTube side of the uh, radio show, the Brown Note, I haven't done very much on international politics, which dominated the show for most of its existence. And one story in particular, Israeli apartheid, uh, was a big part of the show for going back to 2005. And it's been a very quiet period as far as international news goes on Palestine and Israel. Um, but that's all come straight back into focus with two major events. Um, absolute chaos erupting for the first time. It outs There's been wars uh, that have been led by Israel inside the occupied territories, uh, which we watch from afar, Operation Cast Lead. Most of these were punitive attacks on either Gaza, usually Gaza, um, and um, they've resulted in massive casualties and so on. But what we're seeing now erupting in Jerusalem is very different. Um, over the last couple of days, fierce confrontations erupted as Palestinians threw rocks and launched fireworks at police, who returned fire into packed crowds round after round of rubber bullets and stun grenades by morning heavily armoured police, and this is, I think, uh, yesterday morning, uh, stepped up the crackdown pursuing, pursuing protesters and storming the sacred Jerusalem site that holds the Dome of the Rock, the third holiest site in Islam, leaving it smashed. Um, by afternoon, more than 300 Palestinians were wounded, um, Hamas, the Islamist group that ruled inside Gaza, has fought three wars with Israel and warned it won't stand idly by. Um, international condemnation. Um, there have been rocket attacks as well from Hamas inside Israel. Hundreds of Palestinians and dozens of Israeli civilians have been wounded. The worst violence uh, since 2017. And... Militants in Gaza fired rockets and several separate attacks that have left a 16-year-old Palestinian and a 19-year-old Israeli dead. Certain irony there. A convergence of factors, all of them related to Israel's half-century occupation and military grip over Palestinian life, came together at once. Palestinians complained of what they say are unnecessarily severe restrictions on nightly gatherings, um, Far-right Israeli groups chanting death to Arabs faced off with Palestinians in Jerusalem. And the most important factor here, uh, an Israeli court ruling on whether authorities would evict dozens of Palestinians from an East Jerusalem neighbourhood and give their homes to Jewish settlers was due on Monday. Uh, the Supreme Court delayed that at the last minute, but the city was already seething. Now, the handing over of Palestinian homes to Jewish settlers is one of the few areas that actually gets condemnation from Western nations. As far as international condemnation goes, Israel is miles out in front since 1960 as receiving the most condemnation from the United Nations. It's always America, the UK, sometimes, not, under, not so much, um, but reasonably consistent with America. But America leads the way in protecting some very aberrant state policy towards the Palestinians by Israel and actions. Uh, most of the rest of the world hasn't been favourable, but Australia is in lockstep with America here. One of the only areas where it's actually dared 
to criticise Israel in America or Australia or in the UK is on the issue of settlements and settlers moving into Palestinian land. Um, even in the modern, that was declared inter, uh, illegal under international law and Barack Obama ratified that it was and said that to stop doing it, it's never stopped. It is the gradual breeding out of a people, which is the whole point of it. Handing over homes. What continually happens in Jerusalem is that wealthy Israelis or money from America comes in to massively offer over the odds on Palestinians' homes to settle Jewish people in there to breed them out. But this was a court ruling handing over Palestinian homes, which is something else entirely. The settlements themselves outside of Jerusalem on what is declared Palestinian land are still declared illegal under international law under the right-wing governments that have existed in Australia and America in recent years. There have been moves not to criminalise or to delist the Israeli settlements from being illegal at all. Uh, they wouldn't have gotten away with any of it without America's unending backing, particularly the right-wing, hard-right, Republican, hawkish foreign policy backing that forms this cabal with Saudi Arabia, Israel and American hard-right that are in lockstep against the perceived enemies of Israel and Saudi Arabia who are the northern Shia part of the Middle East, Iran, number one, Syria, and also Saddam Hussein was. Uh, these people were regarded as being on the opposite side, and they were backed by Russia and a bit by China. And America massively backs, arms, funds Israel and Saudi. In fact, it is something that is a, an uncomfortable point to make, but... Islamic State and Al-Qaeda have never attacked Israel because they're on broadly the same side. It was Israel that were found to be patching up the fighters in Syria to go back into battle. A conservative journalist saw the, a hospital treating wounded fighters attacking the Assad government and they were being patched up because they're on the same side. My enemy is your enemy. Israel and Saudi Arabia haven't got a bad word to say about each other. Saudi Arabia is the home of Islamic terrorism and the whole ethos behind that kind of Islamic fundamentalism and having a caliphate has arisen from the extreme parts of Saudi Arabia. They're really close with Israel because they have the same enemies. Now, the other major thing that happened is a report by the United Nations. Uh, I'll see if I can get it up from the Human Rights Watch, have released a report, uh, which you can see online, hrw.org, which is claiming that the behaviour of Israel qualifies as apartheid. This came out within the last couple of weeks and has been astonishingly ignored by Western media. Barely lip service. Uh, I'll read some gibber about it. Uh, Human Rights Watch calls on international, the International Criminal Court to investigate a systematic discrimination against Palestinians, uh, accusing Israeli officials of committing the crimes of apartheid and persecution, claiming the government enforces an overarching policy to maintain domination by Jewish Israelis over Palestinians. The report released on Tuesday last week, only seven days old, 
the New York Advocacy Group became the first major international rights body to level such allegations. This is the starkest finding Human Rights Watch has reached on Israeli conduct in the 30 years we've been documenting abuses on the ground there. Uh, responding to the claims, obviously, uh, they say that Human Rights Watch has a long-standing anti-Israeli agenda. Um, the report drew on years of human rights documentation, analysis of Israeli laws, a review of government planning, um, and they compared policies and practices towards nearly 7 million Palestinians in the occupied territories and within Israel. Uh, it concluded that there was a present-day reality of a single authority, the Israeli government, methodically privileging Jewish Israelis and repressing Palestinians most severely in the occupied territory. This is not new. Uh, Richard Falk, the special reporter on uh, Palestine for many years, um, I believe he had a tenure, but so I think that's uh, finished right now. But um, he and Virginia O'Tilly released a report which you can look up online in 2017. Um, the report uh, about is Israeli practices towards the Palestinian people and the question of apartheid. The report concludes that Israel has established an apartheid regime that dominates the Palestinian people as a whole. Available evidence establishes beyond a reasonable doubt that Israel is guilty of the policies and practices that constitute the crime of apartheid as legally defined in uh, international law. And uh, I think uh, because of the rejection by the United Nations of this report after extreme pressure from the usual suspects. Uh, I think T uh, Virginia Tilly actually quit the United Nations entirely. Um, and Falk had this to say, among the salient apartheid features of the Israeli occupation are the following, preferential citizenship, visitation and residence laws and practices that prevent Palestinians who reside in the West Bank or Gaza from reclaiming their property or from acquiring Israeli citizenship, as contrasted to a Jewish right of return that entitles Jews anywhere in the world to return with no prior tie to Israel, to visit, reside and become Israeli citizens. Differential laws in the West Bank and East Jerusalem favouring Jewish settlers who are subject to Israeli civilian law and constitutional protection, as opposed to Palestinian residents who are governed by military administration dual and discriminatory arrangements for movement in the West Bank to and from Jerusalem, discriminatory policies on land ownership, tenure and use, extensive burdening of Palestinian movement, including checkpoints supplying differential limitations on Palestinians and on Israeli settlers, and onerous permit and identification requirements imposed only on Palestinians, punitive house demolitions, expulsions and restrictions on entry and exit from all three parts of the occupied territories in the 19th a lot of people come oh they don't it's not south africa they, it's not apartheid in the 1970s the united nations defined apartheid specifically as not having to meet the exact criteria of south africa but to meet other criteria it's a great 74 page report from academics not from ideological goons and it it goes through how the criteria of apartheid are met to four different groups of Palestinians, the ones in the occupied territories, the ones that live in Israel, the ones that live in refugee camps that are over half a century old, and the ones that are denied right of return, and concluded that 
the behaviour of the Israeli government towards the Palestinian people was apartheid. And we would also say that it's pretty genocidal, given that there is a, an overarching aim to remove a group of people from a certain area. I have a very simple view of this. I believe all human beings should have equal human rights. Palestinians don't have theirs. The end. A lot of the behaviour towards the Palestinians, the justifications don't fly in any other country. Collective punishment is illegal under international law. Imagine if the UK government had treated all Catholics in Ireland on the basis that the IRA were terrorists looking for freedom. It wouldn't have flown, I don't think. So why does it fly here? Half of the people in Gaza Strip are under the age of 16. They've never had any involvement or chance of an election or anything. They're kids. And they're treated like this on a daily basis. And the justification from the Israeli government, it boils down to a very simple one. If I take my foot off of the head of this person I'm drowning, they'll attack me. It's not a very good one, is it? Um, um, this is really coming back into focus after years of very quiet behaviour. Uh, it's going to be very interesting and I'm going to keep an eye on it in this show because I did used to cover this issue a lot and it's been one where the Western world has fallen down dramatically. Hello, Scott Morrison. I hear you really care about human rights abuses in China. Can't see many, can't see many of these right-wing Western leaders ever standing up for human rights abuses inside the occupied territories.